0: Life is about attaining different goals, including financial ones. Whether it's saving for your first home, first car, your family, or retirement, you need to know how to get there. Welcome to All About Goals with host Tom White. Join Tom and his guest experts who will help you get there faster and the right way. Now, here is Tom White.
1: Hello. Welcome to the All About Goals radio show. I'm your host, Tom White. Thank you for joining us this week. I hope you've enjoyed and learned a few things from our previous episodes on All About Retirement, All About Debts, and last week's episode on All About Pensions and Social Security. You can always listen to our previous episodes on demand through playback. Uh, Today's episode is going to be all about life insurance. Life insurance is a critical part uh, for those who have dependents for those uh, where somebody's relying on, on your income, including future income, uh, as well as potentially even some savings uh, goals in the future, uh, and obviously uh, for uh, estate purposes for for uh, your, you know, estate taxes, uh, insurance is, is a, uh, a very effective tool uh, for, Estate planning, which we'll get into a little bit, and uh, as, as I've said in the past, uh, I've been in the wealth management uh, financial services industry for over 20 years, and I'm no longer practicing. So, you know, my thoughts are my own here. Uh, any before you do anything, uh, certainly check with your your financial advisor, your tax attorney, uh, with regards to actually uh, uh, implementing anything, especially uh, uh, if it's derived from uh, ideas from the show. But uh, the ideas and strategies I do share come from proven uh, you know, case studies and things that I've done with former clients. And I've shared some of those stories in the past and I'll share a little bit today as well. Uh, and so today's episode, will focus on the different types of life insurance. You know, How do you know what type to select how much uh, to get. Should you even get it? You know, what, uh, what factors to consider there? Uh, and so this may not be uh, common knowledge, uh, but, uh, you know, there's typically two types of life insurance uh, that, that mm-hmm. the general uh, products fall under. Uh, one is term, which is for a specific number of years. You can take out life insurance for five years, uh, for ten, and you know, typically uh, the most that you can get when it comes to term for a specific number of years is is thirty years. There may be uh, some companies, insurance companies, that extend it out beyond thirty years, but that's typically uh, the you know the the longest period. And when it comes to term insurance, that's that's also the cheapest type of insurance you paying purely for insurance. And l- let me uh, explain a little bit of the concept uh, of, of insurance. The, the idea to life insurance is that, uh, for pretty much all insurance, is that you're transferring the risk, whatever the risk is you're trying to cover, away from yourself to, in this case, an insurance company, you know, uh, uh, an entity, somebody that's willing to accept that risk. And for them accepting that risk on your behalf, you're paying them. A premium you know the cost of that insurance, and obviously uh, or maybe not so obvious, but insurance typically are is is pooled risk you 're not the only one that 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 entity you're transferring the risk to is assuming uh, risk from they're assuming risk from tons of people, and so the larger the pool, obviously they they're able to uh, scale that type of coverage and really drive down the cost so that the cost to you is really cents on the dollar uh, with regards to being able to transfer it away from you and you still getting that coverage. Uh, So when it comes to term insurance, you're simply paying for the insurance for as long as that insurance is in place in force uh, for that period of time. And if something were to happen, then your beneficiaries receive that, typically tax-free and, you know, it covers whatever it is for whatever purpose you took out that insurance for, which we'll cover as to what uh, that is. So let's go also looking at who should get insurance or, you know, what what type of life events or stage uh, should you consider insurance? One is very much having to do with dependents, whether it's, you know, children or spouse or partner, somebody who is dependent upon uh, you financially, particularly when it comes to your future earnings, because uh, that's what you know, you would essentially lose and they would lose if something were to happen to you. And so you you think about, you know, what your future earnings are over the next 20 or 30 years um, uh, that you, know, you would have earned otherwise. And so for somebody that's really young, just starting out with, with a spouse or partner, maybe don't even have kids yet, and if you're starting out in your career, you know, the future value of what your earnings are is probably less than what it would be, say, five, ten years from now, especially as you're progressing in your, in your career where your income, your earnings, you know, uh, become higher and at whatever point it peaks. So that's something to take into consideration as well, starting off, is that you know, if, if you have somebody that's dependent on you based on your income now, the type of insurance you take out or the amount uh, would probably need to increase, especially you know, as, as you add members to your family, uh, children, and so on, you'll probably have to take out another policy uh, to, to be able to cover uh, those future earnings uh, based on the increase uh, in, your, in your salary and your compensation. So, if you have dependents, whether it's a spouse, or partner, or children, uh, that's definitely something uh, that you would want to, you know, to cover with life insurance if something were to happen to you. And there are other things to consider as well, other than, uh, you know, dependent uh, income needs, particularly when it comes to debts or other future goals, which we'll cover in, in the next segment. If you're single, you don't have any dependents. It's not necess- necessary uh, to have life insurance uh, to to cover those. Uh, uh, particularly if you have assets that those would be covered upon you know uh, upon your death. So you know to spend premiums or money on in life insurance to pay those debts uh, may not be necessary. And when it comes to if you're, if you're married, have a partner, knowing that the possibility of your significant other making more money than you, now then you have to look at, you know, what depend, uh, dependence or you being a dependent potentially on your significant other's income is where that life insurance need may be in which that other person would need the insurance more than you do so those are things to consider in figuring out whether you need to have life insurance or not so going back to the types of insurance the first is term and if you work for a company an employer that provides life insurance and typically this is group term that's that's what you're paying for it's it's relatively cheap and the thing about having group term you definitely should take it because it's cheap uh The risk though is that if you were to change jobs, change employers, and the next employer does not have group term, now you lose that coverage. So there's gonna be that gap that you may have to fill yourself with your own private policy. So have that in mind. But if it is offered through your employer, absolutely get it because it's cheap and there's no underwriting typically. and so thinking longer term though, uh, you may want to get your own policy so that you're not dependent on your employer uh, providing that, you know, as you progress through your career in different uh, positions and jobs, and that you'll, you'll have coverage with your personal policy no matter what. The, and so with the term, you can get it, you know, for five, pretty much five-year increments up to 30 years. The, the group term through your employer, uh, that, that's an annual and it stays on for as long as obviously you're employed with them. Uh, so it's not for any specific term, it's just something you, you have every year as part of your enrollment uh, benefits. The other type of insurance is, is permanent insurance. And the difference with the term and permanent is that permanent insurance will go up until age 100 and there may already be policies that go beyond that, knowing that it's you know, becoming more common for people to, to reach the age of 100. But typically, it is up to age 100 uh, that you're insured for if you take out a permanent policy. And there are generally three types. There's whole life policy, there's a universal life, and there's a variable universal life. And I'll talk about the differences of those three. So. The benefit of permanent policy is that, you know, you don't have to worry about, well, for the most part, outliving it the way you do potentially with term. If you were to take out a 20-year term and you live beyond that, uh, you know, that's, that's part of the risk of taking out term. The benefit is that it's a lot cheaper uh, than permanent policy because you're only paying for the insurance, whereas with a permanent policy, yeah. you pay not only for the cost of the insurance, which is what you do with term, but also there's an amount above that that the insurance company uses as you know as a pad but also it, it really is used uh, to build up what's called cash value, something that over time will build up and you you can uh tap into it and and use it for for certain things which we'll talk about as well uh, but let me kind of break down the difference between the three types of permanent insurance. Whole life is is really the first type of of, uh, permanent insurance. And the difference with whole life and the other two to some degree is how the the excess premiums is what is called over and above the cost of insurance is invested so let's let's take an example let's say you took out and this is just uh, examples uh you know a half million uh, life insurance policy that for if you took out a term policy say for 30 years you know and obviously this has a lot to do with age with with gender with you know your 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 general health um but let's say it costs fifty dollars a month and that's for the term. So that's the cost of the pure insurance in this example. If you took out a whole life policy, it may cost say, you know, 80 or a hundred dollars. And so, you know, with the $80 example, that $30 is what goes to build up the cash value because 50 of the 80 is the cost of the insurance, just like it was if it were term. And so over time, you can see how that $30, you know, would build up. But that $30, and it's actually less than that because of certain internal costs with uh, the policy in itself, but just using round numbers, that $30 then is invested by the insurance company. And typically, it's invested in bonds or, or you know, what's called fixed income, where uh, in general, it'll yield a little bit more than cash. Uh, but it's, it's really stable, and it's something that you know, will grow incrementally over time. In this case, if you have the insurance uh, uh, all the way through, it'll go till age 100. With universal life, it's also invested, you know, fairly conservatively, but it's invested more in bonds and some, you know, could be long-term bonds. So it earns a little bit more than, in general, than what a whole life policy does. And here's a caveat as well, is that depending on the type of of insurance company, uh, that, you know, you have this policy with, and there are some uh, that are what's called mutual companies that are private. They're not publicly traded. And part of being a mutual company is that at times they would pay out dividends to their policyholders. holders are kind of like shareholders. And so uh, the the yield on some of these whole life policies can, you know, can exceed what they typically earn just investing it. Whereas in a, whole, uh, in a universal life, you don't necessarily get that sometimes. And, and with a universal life, one of the differences compared to a whole life is that the premiums you pay could be flexible. Whereas with a whole life, it's, it's fairly fixed, uh, you know, that $80. Whereas the universal life, you, know, you can put in more money and, you know, anything above the cost of insurance obviously, you know, helps it grow more. And then the third type is uh, a variable universal life. And this is where similar to the universal life where the, the excess premiums over and above the cost of insurance is invested in bonds in the variable universal life. You, the policy owner gets to choose how to invest that excess premium, You know, say the $30 for example. And you can select to have it invested in even equities or, you know, stock funds, stock mutual funds, uh, where there's a list provided to you. Obviously, uh, that list would include things from cash to bonds to, you know, to, to stock funds. And so you you have more of the opportunity to actively manage those excess premiums, but also in terms of potentially taking you know more risk, and with that, uh, the potential for for a greater return uh, in the long term than what it would otherwise have been invested or uh, you know managed within a whole life or universal life. And so, you know, later on in in this episode, we'll talk about. Uh, you know, whether life insurance should or can be used for saving for retirement, and that's where the VUL, Variable Universal Life, comes in. Now, the one thing uh, you may have heard before, since now I've covered the two types of of, uh, life insurance policies, term and permanent, is this concept of buying term and investing the difference. And so how that would work is that you're essentially creating your own kind of, you know, Per, well, not permanent, but but saving uh, mechanism where going going with the $80 example, you buy a term policy and pay $50 and then, and so you're buying term. And then because you know that if you had used like a whole life or a permanent policy and cost $80, instead you buy term with the $50 and then the $30, you then invest it yourself, you know, in a mutual fund, you know, in, in your own investment account. And over time, if you were to make a comparison, you probably would come out ahead simply because you don't have as much cost uh, with that investment as uh, internal costs as as well as have more control over what that internal cost is because you have the whole marketplace to choose from. But the problem with that is it just assumes, it goes by the assumption of the fact that you've got $80 here. Uh, And so... Knowing that if you were to save for things like retirement or other things, you, know, you wouldn't just be limited to the thirty dollars. You would really be focusing on the saving uh, specifically, just as you you you're focusing on you know covering your risk with what type of insurance you're looking at. So for some, it works depending on you know your level of engagement and experience uh, and desire to manage. Uh, uh, the saving part itself, you know, uh, you could come out ahead or not, uh, because you have to be the one to to manage, you know, thirty dollars yourself, uh, versus the company, the insurance company doing that for you through that permanent policy. So I hope that makes sense in terms of you know who should get life insurance. Certainly, somebody that has dependents, uh, uh, depending on uh, that's dependent on your income and the, type, the two types of insurance, term and and whole and, uh, permanent, uh, such as whole life, universal life, and variable universal life. We're gonna take a quick break. Uh, when we return, we'll discuss, you know, how much life insurance do you need? You know, what factors should you consider? And what type of riders or features uh, do you need to consider as well and when looking at insurance policy? We'll be right back. Uh, this is Tom White with All About Goals and today's episode, All About Life Insurance. We'll be right back.
2: Introducing Schwab Stock Slices. For as little as $5, now anyone can own companies in the S&P 500, even if their shares cost more. At $5 a slice, you could own 10 companies for $50 instead of paying thousands. All commission-free online. Schwab Stock Slices, an easy way to start investing or to give the gift of stock ownership. Schwab, own your tomorrow.
3: Many Americans like yourself are carrying credit card debt. If you're only making minimum payments each month, it's costing you a lot in bad compounding interest over time. So how much of your debt actually gets paid off when you continue to make minimum payments? Unfortunately, not a lot. But there is a better way to make your credit card debt go away faster. Payoff.com is the best place to get rid of credit card debt.
4: Don't overpay for life insurance. You can save up to 40% with PolicyGenius.com. They compare quotes from America's top insurers to find you the best value. Compare and save at PolicyGenius.com.
5: Let's face it, everybody hates fees. Now, SoFi has no fees on personal loans. That's right, no fees on loans to remodel your bathroom. No fees on loans to consolidate your credit card debt. See, no fees just feels good. Booyah! If you've got the drive, you can do a lot with no fees on personal loans. Booyah!
4: are you putting off getting life insurance because you think it's complex expensive and time-consuming are you concerned about leaving your family unable to pay the mortgage college tuition and medical expenses ethos is life insurance the human way you can apply in minutes online at ethoslife.com a 35 year old can get 1 million dollars of coverage for only 50 dollars a month with ethos don't put off the decision any longer go to ethoslife.com and apply in just 10 minutes that's ethoslife.com get a free personalized quote at ethoslife.com
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You're listening to All About Goals with Tom White. We'd love to hear from you and help you reach your goal. Call into the program today at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to success at allaboutgoals.live. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to All About Goals. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm your host, Tom White. If you're just joining us, this episode is all about life insurance. In our last segment, we talked about the types of life insurance, uh, there being two, uh, term and, and permanent, and the difference between those and how uh, you can potentially even manage uh, uh, the, the cash value uh, with a permanent, kind of like an investment. And, and uh, uh, we'll talk more about that when it comes to you know, saving for retirement uh, in, in our last segment today. Uh, in this uh, segment, we're going to talk about how much life insurance you need. What factors should you consider? Uh, knowing that, you know, the reason why you're taking out life insurance in the first place is, you know, to provide for those that are dependent on your income and, and your future earnings. You know, whether they're they children, whether it's a spouse or a partner, or you know, or or both, um, and so. What factors should you consider other than, you know, your potential loss earnings? Well, knowing that insurance is, is pretty cheap uh, from the standpoint of, you know, of cost uh, uh, cents on the dollar to, to the proceeds that your beneficiaries may receive. If you have debts, you know, whether they're, they're credit cards or mortgage student loans, that should be something that should be factored into the amount of life insurance and the reason is that yeah you know, let let us say you you have you know uh, fifty thousand in student loans which is not uh, um, unreasonable these days particularly uh, uh, if you're a millennial and you you just uh, start in your in your career um, if you even have a mortgage uh if you have, you know, credit cards, other types of debt, because you're taking out insurance for the, the benefit of your beneficiaries, those that depend your income, it's pretty cheap to get, you know, whatever, let's say your total debts are 300000 to have, to add 300000 to the amount you need in life insurance so that your beneficiaries wouldn't no longer have that debt to pay, because they would use the that portion of the insurance proceeds to pay off those debts, and so you know, for that type of catastrophic event, that's the last thing you know they they need to worry about. Um, that's one part of what you would use the proceeds for. The other is if you have you know children. Uh, that are still you're still saving up for college that's something that's a goal in the future you can look at how much the cost of college is that that you're planning saving up for and have that as well added to the amount that you're looking for for life insurance once again you know relatively uh Inexpensive in terms of how much you're adding to the cost of insurance for that amount of proceeds, as well as the fact that your surviving spouse or partner not have to worry about saving up for that because you know you've you've already included that as part of you know the 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 amount of life insurance that you're taking out, and then there are other kind of practical. Um, things to to add to it, such as burial cost. Uh, yeah. And typically, you know, depending on what you're looking at, could run anywhere from 10 to, to 20,000. Um, and the critical part is really looking at the income need of your dependents or those that are dependent on your income because that's gonna be the largest part. So, you know, mean just kind of taking a, a, a a real uh, quick example of, you know, what that would look like. And, and it's very important to also consider, especially, you know, if you're married, you've, you've got a spouse or partner, the, the difference in income between you in that if you're, if you're making more than your spouse, there will be that, you know, that income need and dependency on your income. Uh, Whereas if your significant other makes more than you, then, you know, you're the one that's more dependent on if something were to happen to them and they lose their income. At the same time, you also have to look at your expenses. So, you know, let me kind of go through an example. Let's say that, you know, your household expenses say is $5,000 a month and, you know, let's say that that, that you make 6000 a month and your spouse makes 4000 a month. Because they, they earn less than you, they're dependent on your income, but also the fact that their own income does not cover all of your household expenses. That's where that income needs, you know, would, would come, would, would show up. Granted, there may be, you know, your expenses may, uh, or his or her expenses may be less uh, something would happen to you because you'd have one less person in the household, so that five thousand in monthly expense would go down. And so those are the things to consider. No matter what, you have to look at you know what that gap is. You know, each year that you don't have that income anymore that they're dependent on, and you know the idea is is that you want to be able to make sure that they are in a position to cover their expenses and also, you know, uh, be left in a position in which certain things such as, you know, debts and even future goals like college is not something that they have to, you know, come up with over the remaining period of time, knowing that, you know, there has been a major shift and change in, you know, their own finances as a result of, you know, you no longer having your income and and, and uh, no longer being there, so you know take those into account in terms of debts, in terms of future goals, particularly college, in terms of practical expenses, burial, maybe even travel costs, who knows, um, and that income gap uh, if you know you no longer have that income now, when it comes to Uh, Riders. Riders are features within an insurance policy that you can elect, you can get. And obviously, because you're adding a certain feature to an insurance policy, there's associated costs with it. But there are two in particular that I think is important. Um, One is a disability rider, uh, meaning to say that if you became disabled, so if you elect this rider it's it's uh it's part of your life insurance policy and you become disabled that rider that feature would kick in and you would not have to pay the premiums on your life insurance policy for as long as you are disabled and the cost of this is is really really small uh you know to where to, from my sample, it's a no-brainer meaning to say that if you became disabled and you're not able to work you know hopefully you have disability insurance through your employer or maybe even your own and disability insurance could be something we talk about separately in another episode uh, to understand it better but in this case you know if you become disabled and, and even if you have disability insurance you're only going to receive anywhere from 60 to 65 percent of what your actual you know earnings uh were when you when you work and so with you know having 35 to 40 percent reduction in income you know having one less bill to pay such as a critical bill like life insurance you know is is a major you know uh just relief and and not something you have to worry about knowing that you still need to have this in place and so getting that disability rider um you know, is, is a, in my mind, a great benefit to where if you become to sale, you don't have to pay the premiums. The other type of feature or uh, rider is what's called an accelerated death benefit rider. And this is this is less c- common that people understand. In some instances, some policies have it already. You don't pay extra for it. So, it's something definitely to ask, you know, if you're talking to an insurance agent or insurance company about this benefit. And what this benefit is, is if you were diagnosed uh, and, and become terminally, you know, ill, there is the possibility that you're able to get either 50% or, a, you know, um, a certain amount of the life insurance proceeds upfront while you're living. Uh, this this is designed for those, that, you know, that uh, typically have less than six months to live because, you know, they, they've got a certain illness uh, and it's, it's for purposes of quality of life and being able to, you know, to uh, uh, provide for them and their family while they're living for whatever that period of time is left. And, you know, Fortunately and unfortunately, in my uh, uh, situation, in, in my career, uh, that's come into play twice with, with, with two clients that I had uh, when when I used to have my practice. Uh, and, you know, both situations, it, it was such a benefit to, you know, the spouse and and the family uh, to have this money up front for them to take, you know. The, the vacation they've always wanted, the the trip, the the experiences uh, before, you know, unfortunately the client passed away. Um, it happened uh, with one who was diagnosed with brain cancer um, and then another one with a different type of cancer as well. And, you know, because they had that, uh, so as an example, you know, uh, one had, I think, a half million dollar policy. They were able to get 250,000, you know, Uh, now and the thing about this this rider is that you know the the beneficiary does not have to pay it back so you know when uh, when the client took out the 250 up front and used that you know to to do the things they want to do before uh, they pass away the remaining 250 came obviously upon the death uh, uh, to the beneficiary and so you know they, they never had to pay any of that back. And even if the, you know, in this case, it didn't happen, but if the policyholder were to outlive their diagnosis, it's not anything that you have to pay back, you know, obviously each insurance policy, each insurance company has their own uh, conditions, but in those two cases we found because uh, we, we asked what would happen. We didn't take it for granted. Um, Uh, and you know, we were told that, yeah, they wouldn't have to pay it back. And so to me, these two features, these two, uh, um, riders for, for the cost relative to the benefit is, is huge, uh, that you should seriously consider those two types of, of, of benefits. And it's not, uh, from the standpoint, in all honesty, from the standpoint of the insurance agent or insurance company, it's not necessarily sold. It's not something that's mentioned. Uh, one, because there, there's, they don't make additional money uh, having these riders on in all honesty. Uh, but from the practical you know, planning perspective for purposes of the person and family looking to take out the policy, it's, uh, it's, it's a huge benefit. And so I highly, you know, uh, recommend considering those two. Naturally, there are many other types of riders and features that insurance companies, you know, all the bells and whistles. I haven't really seen any others that I think is worth the money uh, or, you know, the benefit. And so, you know, just be aware of, you know, what's all entailed in a policy that you're looking at. But those two, in particular, the disability rider and the accelerated death benefit, um, is definitely worth uh, worth the money. So, yeah. in this segment, we talked about how much life insurance you need and what you should consider in factoring the amount, uh, and then also the the riders that I just spoke about. Um, hopefully, you know that that helps in figuring out. Uh, you know, when you're in a position to, to, to look at life insurance to buy, uh, you're much more educated about it. You're, you're much more proactive instead of being in a position of being sold to, uh, knowing that life insurance can get fairly complicated. Uh, and so want to keep things very simple about what things to consider and how much life insurance and then what those uh, features and benefits are to, to look at. But no matter what, you know, uh, what I would say, like I said in the first uh, segment is if your employer provides life insurance, get it because it is so cheap. Uh, But now you have to consider whether you should get your own if what you get through your employer covers your needs, obviously. Most do not because sometimes what your employer provides may only be one, one and a half or two times your annual salary. And so it typically doesn't cover it, and so let's say you know you make a hundred thousand a year, and your employer provides one time, so that's a hundred thousand in group uh, term insurance, but if your needs is half a million, you now have to get four hundred thousand separately. But do you get four or do you get five hundred so that you're not dependent on that hundred thousand knowing it's dependent on your employer. And if you change jobs and now your employer only provides, say, you know, half a year's worth salary, now you're going to have a gap of about, you know, uh, 50,000. So knowing how uh, personal insurance policy is cheap, you may want to consider just covering it yourself and then obviously still taking advantage of the group term. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about, you know, Should you use life insurance for saving for retirement? You know, what are the the benefits? Uh, How do you structure it to make sure you take full advantage of certain benefits of life insurance for saving, like tax-free growth and and withdrawal? Uh, What should you consider with regards to insurance for your estate? And we also do a product spotlight Um, uh, in, in most of our episodes, and this being life insurance, we'll talk about a couple Uh, insurance uh, products that, you know, you may want to consider that, you know, we think is innovative, if not even fairly easy uh, to apply uh, their process as well, especially online, knowing how it could get, you know, pretty complicated uh, when it comes to life insurance. So this is uh, all about goals, specifically all about life insurance. We'll be right back after a short break. Thanks. (music)
2: introducing schwab stock slices for as little as five dollars now anyone can own companies in the s p 500 even if their shares cost more at five dollars a slice you could own 10 companies for 50 dollars instead of paying thousands all commission-free online schwab stock slices an easy way to start investing or to give the gift of stock ownership schwab own your tomorrow Many
3: Americans like yourself are carrying credit card debt. If you're only making minimum payments each month, it's costing you a lot in bad compounding interest over time. So, how much of your debt actually gets paid off when you continue to make minimum payments? Unfortunately, not a lot. But there is a better way to make your credit card debt go away faster. Payoff.com is the best place to get rid of credit card debt.
2: Don't overpay
4: for life insurance. You can save up to 40% with PolicyGenius.com. They compare quotes from America's top insurers to find you the best value. Compare and save at PolicyGenius.com.
5: Let's face it, everybody hates fees. Now, SoFi has no fees on personal loans. That's right, no fees on loans to remodel your bathroom. No fees on loans to consolidate your credit card debt. See? No fees just feels good. Booyah! If you've got the drive, you can do a lot with no fees on personal loans. Booyah!
4: Are you putting off getting life insurance because you think it's complex, expensive, and time-consuming? Are you concerned about leaving your family unable to pay the mortgage, college tuition, and medical expenses? Ethos is life insurance the human way. You can apply in minutes online at ethoslife.com. A 35-year-old can get $1 million of coverage for only $50 a month with Ethos. Don't put off the decision any longer. Go to ethoslife.com and apply in just 10 minutes. That's ethoslife.com. Get a free personalized quote at ethoslife.com.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You're listening to All About Goals with Tom White. We'd love to hear from you and help you reach your goal. Call into the program today at one 866 That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to success at allaboutgoals.live. Now, back to the show.
1: All right. Welcome back to All About Goals. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Tom White. You can follow us on Twitter at allaboutgoals1. That's at allaboutgoals and the number one this episode is about all life insurance uh, in our last segment we talk about the types of life insurance who should have life insurance what factors to consider on uh, determining how much and you know what features or riders uh, uh, to look at as well in our last segment here we'll talk about whether you know life insurance uh, should or can be used for saving for retirement uh, you've probably, heard, um, you know, about other people using it to save for retirement. There is a way uh, to do that. Uh, there are certain benefits that life insurance provides, uh, but it's also to where you have to be in a position uh, uh, to do it and do it right. Uh, otherwise, it, it becomes very inefficient and potentially very costly as well. Uh, and and we'll also talk about, you know, uh, the use of life insurance in, in estate planning. Uh, and because the, the, t- the threshold for a taxable estate, uh, has increased quite a bit. It's not, uh, it's not to where it it applies really to, to the majority of people out there. So I'll cover it a little bit. And, you know, once again, uh, since I'm no longer practicing, uh, advisor, wealth manager, um, I, I recommend you, you speak with your own, you know, uh, State attorney, your your own financial advisor, tax advisor uh, before uh, making any decision or any moves uh, that based on you know what you hear on this episode. Uh, but I I do uh, share my experience, uh, what's worked, what hasn't, uh, and, and also just some practical examples uh, of of in this case uh, you know what uh, what we've done with life insurance in the past. So hopefully that's been helpful. So should you use life insurance to save for retirement? My answer to that is you can, and you have to be in a position to do so. And what I mean by that is, and if if you'd listened to our previous episodes on all about retirement, there's a certain um, priority listing or progression of what type of accounts to use to save for retirement. And, you know, I'll uh, uh, recap that a little bit. Uh, And so the first thing is, if you have a retirement plan offered by an employer, like a 401k, especially if that employer provides a match where they match what you put in up to a certain percentage or amount each year, then that's where the first dollar of retirement savings should go. So for example, if your employer matches five percent of what you put in let's assume dollar for dollar, you make a 100,000, you put in 5,000 a year, your employer will put in 5,000 as well. So that's 5,000 of free money, your 5,000 just essentially uh, you know produce a 100 percent return without it even being invested. So that's where you know that, that the first set of dollars should go. After that, then you fund an IRA. Either an IRA or a Roth IRA, uh, depending on what you qualify for, and if you can qualify for a Roth, definitely do the Roth because of the tax-free um, uh, withdrawal uh, benefit. And you know that's typically six to seven thousand each year per person, depending on your age: six thousand if if you're younger than 50, fifty, seven thousand if you're fifty and over. But then you know after in the example, we, after the first five thousand, in the next six or seven if you still need to or can save for retirement then you go back to the 401k because you can put more than 5000 you can put up to you know 21 or 26 uh, 19 or 26000 depending on your age now if you still need to or if you still can save for retirement above maxing out your 401k above fully funding an IRA this is where and in, uh, in this case, a variable universal life insurance policy can be effective in additional saving for retirement. And if you recall earlier, I, I mentioned there are two types of insurance policies, term and permanent. And there are typically three types of permanent policies, you know, whole life, universal life, and variable universal life. Variable universal life with the fact that the cash value that's built up based on the excess premiums that you put in over and above the cost of insurance builds up over time that portion you can manage and select how it's invested within the choices inside that insurance policy and included in those choices are you know equity or stock funds and so in this case after you've maxed out your 401k and IRA And obviously, you have a need for insurance. So the caveat here is you don't just take out a, uh, you know, a variable universal life just to be able to save for retirement. It's the fact that you also have a need for life insurance. And, And so when you take out that insurance policy for whatever that, you know, amount is, the death benefit amount, you can use your variable universal life to put more money in because you can or because you need to for retirement. And the money that you put in there now grows just like it would, you know, in your 401k and IRA, presuming it's invested in equities because you have those choices within the variable universal life. Now there's a very important distinction here with regards to how you fund it and how you use it like I said before with a permanent policy uh, example where yeah, the, the premium says $80 a month. Do not use a VUL to save for retirement if all you're gonna do is put in the $80 a month, which is kind of the, the required minimum. The idea here is just as you maxed out your 401k and your IRA, you're looking to put a whole lot into this VUL. Way more than what's called the minimum, you know, annual premiums of that eighty dollars times, you know, 12, 12 months, so that that cash value can build up as it's invested, you know, long term in equities. And the benefit is that, you know, whatever point in time at retirement you can then take out. Now you can't take out the whole cash value; otherwise, the policy, you know, uh, will essentially collapse or will no longer uh, uh, work but you can take out a certain amount tax-free. That's the benefit of the, the cash value in life insurance. And so for purposes of, say, retirement planning, this is a great way to avoid what's called bracket creep, where as you take out more money in retirement, you know, the, 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 the greater your, your income is, obviously the higher up, uh, you pay in taxes. And so let's have an example in which, say, you know, you're 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 getting 20000 a year in Social Security. Uh, you're able to take, you know, $30,000 uh, from your 401ks and IRAs. Uh, but, you know, uh, you need or could use another $10,000 uh, to get up to 60000 a year. Well, it's possible that if you had enough cash value come retirement time in your VUL that you could take out, you know, say that 10,000 a year. And because it's tax-free, you still only pay taxes on 50,000, not 60. So you avoid, you know, uh, having having to pay taxes at a rate, you know, that potentially bumps you up because you have that additional 10,000. That's where a VUL, a variable universal life, you know, could be beneficial. But once again, you got to be in a position in which you not only, you know, put more in than what's required of the policy, a lot more, in fact, but also to where you've maxed out your IRA contributions each year, your 401k, uh, because that's the proper way from a planning perspective, uh, because you can't rely on taking out all of your cash value uh and so this is more of a supplemental uh portion to your retirement but it also helps because of the tax free uh withdrawal nature of life insurance with regards to you know uh, estate planning uh there is an annual what's called uh, uh allowable exemption amount each year where If your estate, in this case, is valued less than $11.7 then you don't have a taxable estate. If your estate is beyond that, every dollar above that, that's where you pay taxes. And so life insurance is also used to pay for potential estate taxes if you're in a taxable estate, which, you know, probably 90 plus percent. Uh, of the population, because the threshold is so high now. It used to be a million, two million, five million. It's now gone up to 11.7 for 2021. Uh, and so, once again, certainly if you're you have a taxable estate, uh, that's something to talk to your estate uh, attorney or advisor about. The last thing uh, I want to cover today is highlighting specific products or companies uh, that you know relates to our topic today, insurance, life insurance. And so there are two in particular. Uh, One is Ethos Life. And so you can go to their website, ethoslife.com and Policy Genius, policygenius.com. I've selected these two because when it comes to life insurance, unless you're working with an agent, you have a relationship such as that, um, you know, which was very much the traditional and if not only way to get insurance these days, you know, having a, a website, having a company where a life insurance company that where you're able to apply online, not only makes it uh, much easier, less stressful, but puts you in control of what you want to get and not being sold to. And so I like their, uh, you know, their, their user engagement uh, of applying um, and, you know, and, and not only fairly soon, but also they have a lot of resources. Check them both out. Uh, my hope is that this episode has helped you understand, you know, whether you need to get life insurance, how much, what things to consider, uh, how to use it potentially for retirement. And uh, knowing that this is a this is a critical part of protecting your finances uh, and protecting those you love as well. So I hope uh, this has been a valuable uh, uh, episode with regards to this particular topic. In our next episode next week, uh, we're going to talk all about short-term goals. You know, we'll discuss short-term goals, goals that generally most people plan for in the next twenty-four months, whether it's planning for a vacation or travel buying an engagement ring, planning a wedding, maybe even you know, renting, uh, moving out on your own. And also relocation. Uh, that's something that, uh, especially in a very mobile and kind of gig economy these days, nobody's gonna be working f- pretty much uh, for a company for 30 years collecting a pension. So being in a position to take advantage of a career opportunity that takes you somewhere else, you know, is key and how do you plan for that? And next week we'll also have a special guest, a social media influencer who's helped tens of thousands of people with their finances through her social media company. You know, ask her how she got started, how she helps other people. So I'm excited to, to interview her. Thank you for listening to all about goals radio show. I'm your host, Tom White until our next episode next Wednesday at the same time 4 PM Eastern, 1 PM Pacific on the voice America radio show. Happy achieving.
0: Thank you for tuning in for this week's edition of All About Goals. Please join Tom White and another guest next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you achieve your financial goals one program at a time.